Hello, this is Abby Mickelson, and welcome to Playing It By Ear. Please don't stop the Hello and welcome to a brand new week and a brand new year of Playing It By Ear. I'm thrilled to be back. It's going to be an exciting year for this podcast. Lots happening, lots to stay tuned for. And before I begin, I would like to acknowledge the Daramurugal people, traditional custodians of the land on which I record today. I would like to pay my respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island peoples today. It's a big show today as I'll be chatting to Adam Agin, a brilliant singer-songwriter in Nashville. I also wanted to let you know that this show is now on Instagram at Playing It Podcast. You can follow me there for announcements, news, and other random music-related things. Well, before I chat to Adam, let's have a look back through the week in music news. President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration is finally, happening next week, and there are some pretty huge names appearing and performing. Singing the national anthem will be Lady Gaga, and we can expect appearances from the likes of Bruce Springsteen, the Foo Fighters, John Legend, Demi Lovato, Justin Timberlake, John Bon Jovi, and more. Speaking of Demi Lovato, on March 23rd, for free on her YouTube channel, will be the first episode of her brand new documentary, Dancing with the Devil, a four-part series. It is said to look back at some of her most trying times, including her overdose in 2018. Demi says, It's been two years since I came face to face with the darkest point in my life, and now I'm ready to share my story with the world. Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac has sold his share of the band's royalties to BMG. In this deal was over 300 songs, think Dreams, The Chain, Landslide, but it didn't include their first two albums. Other band members Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham have already previously sold their share. So just what is the cost of such iconic songs? Well, it is being hotly contested, but you can bet there are a lot of zeros at the end of that number. And a sad and scary story we've all been following for a couple of weeks now, as Dr. Dre was hospitalised after suffering a brain aneurysm. The legendary producer and rapper is now at home, thankfully, with good friend Ice-T saying he is safe and looking good. And finally, Aussie fans of the band Glass Animals have been set a challenge, with the band promising to get our country tattooed on their asses if they top Triple J's Hottest 100 with their song Heatwaves. So make sure you head to hottest100.abc.net.au if you want to be a part of making that happen. Today I am joined by a brilliant singer-songwriter who just happens to be the artist behind one of my favourite songs of all time, Adam Agin. Welcome to Playing It By Ear. Hello. Thanks for having me. No worries. So I first came to know your music through watching Pretty Little Liars when Please Don't Leave Quite Yet was on the show, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. What does appearing on the soundtrack of such a huge show like that do for your listenership? Oh, it grew it a lot. It really did. Um, Yeah, it's still my most played song on Spotify after all these years. It's really wild, honestly. And I know you've appeared on Grey's Anatomy and things like that as well. Do you know before it plays on the show that it's going to be, or can it be a bit of a surprise for you as well? 
No, it's uh, you find out before. Basically, there's like a an agreement. Agreement. You get an email. They request the song, and they tell mm-hmm. you they tell you kind of what the um, the layout of the scene will be like, and all how right. much of the song they'll use, and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, if if they don't tell you, then there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, something dodgy happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you've been in Nashville for over a decade now. I've been lucky enough to visit once and it's just, it struck me as this amazing city of just creativity and talent. What's it like being a part of the music community there? It's really great. I love it. I have some of my best friends here and um, it's a very uh, collaborative environment. There's a lot of co-writing going on. There's a lot of, um, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other kind of thing. Um, It can be intimidating. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some of the most talented people here so um it's it's sometimes hard to find ways to differentiate yourself yeah um but um overall i mean it's a very inspiring city to live in i mean you know you're kind of always there's like that slight bit of competition you know you're kind of always trying trying to get better because your friend's getting better kind of thing yeah um but it it keeps you honest and it keeps you on your toes you know yeah so how have you personally gone about trying to kind of stand out when you're right everyone's trying to do the same thing and everyone it seems to be a city that everyone goes to to really take their shot so how have you attempted Mm -hmm. to kind of stand out from the crowd I think I'm good and bad at it I mean I'm not always thinking about it honestly um I when I'm making my own music most of the time I'm just trying to follow my heart and just try to be honest with what what I need to say that day you know Mm -hmm. um and I think in in the co-writing environment, a lot of times it can get kind of sterile because people, uh, you know, they're just trying to write the next big pop pop yeah. hit or ne- next big song for the next big commercial or whatever. So I go back and forth. Some days I, I play the game and really try to um, do what would be a good thing for my career. Right, <laughs> and yeah. the other days when I just want to, when I need to write something for my soul. And, yeah. and it's funny because the songs that I have when I'm just writing a song that I need to say, those have been my most successful. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Please Don't Leave Quite Yet was just a song I, I needed to tell a story about my, my childhood and my dad. And yeah. um, it came out to be really helpful for me in my career. And um, so I know that's not the case for everybody. I have some friends that are like, no, I have to like really follow the formula. And that has been what, what has worked for them. So yeah. um, it, it's different for everybody. Yeah. And do you prefer writing solo or collaborating with other people? I love both so much. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are pros and cons to both. I love making music with my friends. I love bouncing ideas off of each other. And, you know, most most now, most people in Nashville, we all have like little home studios. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're always hopping over at each other's houses and just make making songs in a day kind of thing. And it's really fun. Um but you know, with quarantine and whatnot, I've uh, I've really embraced being alone back here in my studio and just yeah. just uh, really allowing myself the freedom to to mess up and to take time and to and to really find a sound that I really was was proud about with mm. my new stuff that I'm making. So it's been really fun to make music by, by myself lately. Yeah, well, speaking of that, throughout quarantine, you actually started a new project, Social Hour. Can you tell me a Mm -hmm. bit about how that came to be and what we can expect? Yeah, um, 
I'm really, really proud of it. I'm so excited about it. It's almost done. Um, it's it's a little throwback, kind of like a, a little soul inspired, a little 60s, mm. 70s retro inspired. Nice. Um, so yeah, I just, I was, you know, not being able to go anywhere. I just started writing songs on my back porch or here in the studio and it just kind of gradually started to shape, take shape and I started. I was like, this just a, doesn't sound like me as a solo artist anymore. This right. sounds like something different. And and I was being intentional about that. I love old soul music. It's what I kind of was raised on. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, I, I just wanted to take my my interpretation of what that would be like um, for me. And it's it's not completely just an old soul old soul music, but uh, it has bits bits of it here and there. No, it sounds amazing. And when can we expect to hear? some of that music good question i don't have a plan yet <laughs> i'm i'm being intentional i want to make sure that it um you know it's all really just put together well the packaging yeah. the artwork the um we, we're we're at the end of mixing right now so it's i've got 13 songs that i've right. written and recorded myself so cool. um i'm excited about it but it, i'm i'm assuming it'll start to kind of um get released over this year yeah and do you see that being your focus for the next little while? Is Do you think the solo music is kind of taking a backseat while you kind of dedicate your time to this new project? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm really proud of it and I think it, it has merit to put effort into it and to really try to make it become something. So I think so, yes. Mm, I'm looking forward to hearing it. And I guess making it during quarantine, how was that? In terms of writing the lyrics, did the lyrics kind of reflect the time that we're all living at the moment? Uh, here and there. Um, I did a lot of reminiscing in the spring. My dad had passed, has passed away about 10 years ago, okay. and March was the 10-year an- anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of reminiscing on my father's legacy a good bit. Um, and so in March, I wrote a handful of songs kind of just about my relationship with him and my yeah. perspective of my childhood has, has kind of gradually changed and gotten a little more positive as I've gotten older. So mm-hmm. I wrote I wrote a few songs about that. And then, yes, I definitely wrote some songs kind of about what we're going through and the civil rights stuff that was going on, mm-hmm. um, the, pro- the protesting, that stuff it definitely inspired some lyrics um, mm-hmm. throughout throughout the year. It's been a wild year. (laughs) It has. I mean, and you've been very vocal and supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement and we've kind of been watching on the news over here and it it sparked some movements over here as well that we needed, um, which was good. But I guess, I mean, last week we saw the attack on the Capitol. Is it, we kind of watch it all on the outside. Is it a hard time to be in America right now with so much division, I guess? Oh, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's... It splits up families. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really, it, you have to be careful to know when to uh, attempt to dive into those conversation and mm. other times when it's just like, you know, a loved one that you don't necessarily agree with, but they're still your family. Yeah. And so finding the way to connect with them on things that you know you both agree on, um, I think is vital. Mm-hmm. Um And so, yeah, it's been very interesting to, you know, as people get more and more outspoken on social media, the, it just kind of creates more and more division. And so I've definitely learned talking to people in real life over coffee, you know, like 
in in face to face as yeah. much as you can it definitely we generally people want the same thing you know generally yeah. people care about our country people care about people's rights and have a good um uh, intent they they yeah. intend well but they're uh, the way they're going to get there you know there's just so many routes and yeah. um you know, our media does not help us. It just mm-hmm. creates more and more division. And and it's um, very skewed per their point of view. So yeah. um, it makes it really hard to even know what's true, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, to completely change gears from that very <laughs> point, I actually did some Facebook stalking before this interview. And I saw oh. that you mentioned you had met Taylor Swift. Now, as mm. a huge fan of hers, I need to know this story. Yeah, um, I didn't meet her. I was on stage with her. So, oh, okay. um, my my band New Lore was on tour with an artist named Ingrid Michaelson. Oh, I love her. And and so we were on tour, and it was the craziest night. It was the first show of the tour, and it was Central Park in New York City, sold out. They have this like summer summer concert series outside. Mm. Um, and so it was like 5,000 people and it's the first night we're meeting Ingrid. It was our biggest tour at, at the time. And so during soundcheck, she asked us to learn one of her songs for encore. And it was a big night for her. I think one of her songs had just went and went gold. So she had lots of guest appearances, the lead singer from journey, all sorts of people. And so she had, she had all of us come on stage for the encore of her last song. And then, Apparently, Taylor and a Victoria's Secret model, I can't remember her name, were side stage. Mm. And they were hiding in like this little mixing booth area. And they came came out. <laughs> and so we're walking on stage and she's walking on stage. <laughs> and I'm shaking a tambourine. And obviously, everybody knows her. So she's like doing this like dance twirl thing. Yeah. And... It was very exciting. We were like, "What? What just happened?" <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was like it was like our biggest show ever, yeah. playing to so many people, and and then Taylor's on stage. Um, but then the show ended, and she had two massive bodyguards, and so we all walk off stage, but we all get shouldered oh, hard. Yeah. And she got to go straight to her dressing room, and we had to wait wait a second. Yeah, it was wow. wild. What a memory. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll keep going. Can I keep going? Because the story gets crazier. Okay, yeah, so please. so Ingrid had a uh, gold party that night. And, you know, everything was gold themed. So there was gold chandeliers, gold glasses, everything. But um, John Hamm, who plays Mad, who plays the mm-hmm. um, Don Draper in Mad Men, yeah. was there. And we, <laughs> you have to think, I mean, we're like four or five guys from Nashville all like we're not a big band we're not yeah, really yeah. famous at all and so we were just blown away but John Ham all buys us cocktails and we all awesome. start drink having having drinks and just chatting he really likes the St. Louis Cardinals so he talks a lot about them um, yeah. and one of the guys in the band were, was from St. Louis so he could kind of relate yeah. It was such a wild day. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Adam, where can people find you on social media, both yourself and social hour? Yeah. So uh, my personal account is just at Adam Agin and my last name spelled A-G-I-N. And then um, the, n- the new band is social hour and it's just at social hour band on Instagram. 
Awesome. Um, that's pr- pretty much it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to Playing It By Ear. It's been a pleasure talking to you and hearing all about your career and your wild Hollywood parties. So <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nice to meet you. That was Adam Agin there. Brilliant talent. Such a lovely guy. If you haven't checked out his music, I strongly recommend it. And some other brilliantly talented people have released music this past week. There were so many albums that came out on Friday. It was actually hard to keep up. I'm still trying to work my way through them. In fact, most of my top seven songs of the past seven days have come from a new album with only one single in the mix. So without further ado, here they are. First up, I loved The Space Between by Illy, which is on his album of the same name. I loved his last album, Two Degrees, so I have high expectations for this one, and from what I've heard so far, I really like it. It was actually meant to be released in March last year, but was delayed because of COVID, so it's been a long time coming, I'm sure is a massive relief for him, and it's said to be his most personal album yet. I also really loved Best Mistakes on the album, but the space between was what really stood out for me. Have a listen. Dust yourself down, go again. Sometimes I remind you so you don't forget. Sometimes just surviving is a show of strength. I went number one party, woke up and went to work on the next. Cause you earn what you get. Alright, secondly, and this one is a bit of a cheat because it actually came out the week before, but I obviously didn't have a show then and I couldn't ignore it because I just love everything this man does. It's Passenger with his new album Songs for the Drunk and Broken Hearted, and in particular the song Sandstorm. There is a lot to love about this album. Honestly, he can do no wrong in my eyes. It has a deluxe edition with acoustic versions of all 10 songs. All profits go to a non-profit organisation focusing on rebuilding natural landscapes. For every physical album sold from his online store, a tree will be planted, and all of the packaging is made from 100% recycled materials. So that is just seriously awesome to me. That is music with a purpose, and I love it. Picking a favourite was really hard. I genuinely loved every single song. And to be honest, my top seven songs of the past seven days were probably all from this album, but Sandstorm to me was a standout, so here it is. Lover, oh my lover, I've never been easy to understand. This next one is Tightrope from Zayn's new album, Nobody Is Listening. Now, this album received some pretty harsh reviews, saying that it lacked personality and it didn't demonstrate his talent, and I've only really skipped through it so far and just stopped on the songs that really appealed to me, but I tend to maybe agree, and I don't want to jump the gun and I don't want that to be my opinion, but... When I think of Mind of Mine, which was five years ago now, that was such a brilliant album. People saw how talented he was. It was how he really broke away from that One Direction image kind of hanging over him. I just, I think it's a shame. But in saying that, I love Tightrope, so here is a bit of that. Another favourite of the week was the live version of Mayday Parade's Lighten Up Kid, which is on their new EP, Live at Screaming Eagle. So this song was originally released last year and just as a regular studio recording and I loved it, but they're actually one of the few bands that I prefer to listen to their live versions as opposed to recorded. I just think the singer Derek just does such a brilliant job of putting so much emotion into his performances and it's a really impressive demonstration of 
I guess, talent and showmanship, the fact that I connect more with their live music. So here is some of the live version of Lighten Up Kid. Staying in the same kind of genre and vein, we have Glasgow from Yumi at Six's album Sucker Punch. Now, this is a band I love to death. I've seen them many times live. I will always support them. But in saying that, the direction they've gone in the past couple of albums, probably after Sinners Never Sleep and Cavalier Youth, which are two of my favourites, isn't super what I'm into. It's not, it's not objectively bad or anything. It's clear they've grown as a band and their sound has evolved and matured and that's great. It's just not really to my taste. I will give it another chance though because I really, I do want to love it and I want to support them. But anyway, I was glad they had Glasgow because the ballad moment is always my favourite part of the You Me at Six album anyway. So here's some of that. Now this is the one song that wasn't from a newly released album, although it will be out in March. It's Chemtrails Over the Country Club by Lana Del Rey from the upcoming album of the same name. Um, Her music is beautiful as always. I love this song. It's exactly what I want and expect from her. I just, I absolutely adore her music. It really, it takes you to another place. And I know with this album cover, she's received a bit of backlash and she's been labelled as tone deaf and I just... It's hard. I think she really needs some further education on matters of race, really. Like saying, I've dated rappers, as if to excuse yourself from kind of any tokenism or any kind of racial offence just isn't really a good enough excuse. Um, and re- yeah, it does come across a bit tone deaf. But look, back to the music. I love the song. Jack Antonoff worked on it with her, which is no surprise to me because everything he touches just turns to gold. He did a lot of Norman fucking Rockwell, excuse my language, that's the name of the album, um, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. So I hope he is a big part of this upcoming album too. And finally, for some country lovers, I've been listening to Devin Dawson's new EP, The Pink Slip, and my favourite of that one is He Loved Her. His grandfather is in the music video. It seems to be about his and his grandmother's relationship. It's really sweet. Check it out. The whole EP is great. He had a dog. He drank a beer. He drove the same truck 15 years. He built a house up on some dirt. He wore his first name on his shirt. And that was my top seven songs of the past seven days. Thank you for listening. It is a thrill to be back. I really do have some exciting guests coming up, so make sure to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Playing It Podcast. I'm going to leave you with my song of the week, which was Breathe Again by Joy Oladokun. I heard this on the show, This Is Us, and just shazammed it right away. It's so beautiful. Music can really add or take away from a scene, but the emotion this song brought to that show and that storyline was just, it gave me goosebumps. It was really, really amazing. And I'm excited to listen to some more of her music because she just seems very talented, really cool on Instagram. And so I'll leave you with that. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.
Follow me down where the waters run deep I'll let you drown in the worst of me If my intentions are good, why can't I come clean? If heaven's above, where does that leave me? Am I looking for revival? Am I dressed in other sin? Hold my 